When I recall this encounter the old commercial jingle for Lucky Charms breakfast cereal comes to mind since it involves food, a kitchen, and a leprechaun. However unlike the wish-granting cheerful character on the cereal box, this one wasn't hopping all around the place merrily bouncing off the walls. Instead his countenance was that of an old weathered stone, a certain type of calm, intentional and silent except when it appeared he was communicating with two smaller gnomes. It was a cold yet sunny afternoon when I came home from working outside cutting up firewood. Shifting gears I went to the kitchen and brought a pot of water to boil and added some pasta. I'd planned on adding some noodles to a vegetable soup that had been slow cooking all day. Feeling the flashing pain of hunger that rides the miserable notes sung by an empty stomach, I told it to hang in there that dinner would be ready soon and to stand it, adding that you ain't gonna die from skipping lunch today. My belly grumbling with disagreement voiced its distress at waiting longer as I went to my office and settled in to do some paperwork. As day began to transition into night shortly before twilight while seated at desk typing, I began noticing something out of my peripheral vision some movement. I kept ignoring it until finally it became such a distraction that looked up and directly at the direction it was coming from and never would I have guessed or imagined what would unfold on this otherwise mundane day immediately I was beginning to see what appeared to be dwarves, little people, or gnomes gathered around the big pot of soup on the stove simmering. Here we go again I thought. My home office is situated down the hall diagonally across from the kitchen door where sitting at the office desk I can see into the kitchen area. Soon as I looked into the direction of the movement. By now I was quite used to and knew its origin and what it meant, a visit from one of the fair folk or good neighbors as I fondly call them, otherwise known as the fae, beings from this most amazing interdimensional fold. Those quick jerky movements appearing as energy heat waves of faint etheric shimmer usually accompanied by a wispy faint smoke or vapor, that always seems to foreshadow some form of the fairy beings making an appearance within my field of visual perception, eyes wide open clairvoyance kicks in, the sight I was now beholding caught my breath for what seemed a minute, finally gave way to a slow exhale to hold the integrity of the trance I'd just slipped into to maintain the elusive nature of such wow chance encounters. The inner voice that is prohibited to intrude during the fleeting moments of unforgettable interaction with these sort of encounters I'd been having with the same type of interdimensional being since January of that year. Despite self-imposed rule of silence I declared upon my otherwise monkey mind chatter box of thought streams those persistent thoughts encountered during meditation that seem impossible to silence for any length of time. As a newcomer to this new reality I was living now, where I'd become a seer right before my eyes without noticing what was happening to me at the time. Wasn't aware of my transition into someone who works closely with the Fae and embarking on a journey that would later lead to extraordinary experiences light years from anything I could have conceived or imagined. Even the Fae folk, until earlier in 2018 when all this began happening, I didn't know what they were, or their role in the lives of us human beings since the beginning of time. Maybe I took it for granted a bit due to lingering doubts that I wasn't really seeing them and it was all just a figment of my imagination. During such a reality-jarring event of this scale that challenges lifelong-held beliefs and assumptions we all adopt as our own perceptions of mindscape in this reality. Nevertheless I had the inner knowing as if I'd done this sort of thing all my life, as natural as a duck takes to water, so new to keep mind space empty of thoughts just like meditation practice in a way. Two emotions were also kept at bay during these types of encounters, and that is the emotional energy of fear and excitement, lusting for the result, both the fruit of allowing thoughts to infiltrate the otherwise sacred quiet and stillness of a calm abiding mind these beings seemed most comfortable with. Never had any issues with fear although by far it should have been held closer and checked by caution which would have served me well now knowing what I know now I would endure some of the most intense startling encounters with some unimaginable wild yet polite, 
highly intelligent supernatural creatures or beings that one would have the most fortunate or unfortunate, depending upon how one regards such endeavors, opportunity to cross paths with by oneself, alone in a dark forest face to face with a menacing grimace, bearing huge canines those trickster forest giants or an aggressive overly protected gatekeeper. My Achilles heel with this sort of thing is the latter, that of getting too excited or anxious for the appearance's staying power or the condensation of the holographic-like light body into denser three-dimensional form. Most times I could not hold it as the translucent image of the being inches from my face or a few feet from me begins to turn solid and skin pores and hair slash hair follicles begin to appear in my visual field and the entity is no longer see-through. These moments test the strength of a mind to continue the suspension of disbelief and doubt for as long as possible in order to sustain these most precious moments of being in the presence of nature's Davis, localized deity of place or passerbys as this sort of situation unfolds. Since living here I've had my share of encounters and experiences with all sorts of fairies from the little ones to the giants and everything in between, however as always the case around here each you encounter always seems to outdo the last. I was taken back by what I saw standing on my kitchen counter beside the range. Earlier that day I'd thrown together some ingredients to make soup which was simmering on the stove. There were what appeared to be three little people standing around looking into the pot of soup in a pot of noodles I'd just put on to boil before working on some office paper or backslash equals. Had I noticed it, that this wasn't this wasn't the usual cast of characters the Cherokee little people that I had worked with over the last few months. These were like small white people dressed in old world clothing of maybe Scottish or Irish folk, the hidden folk or little people like the ones one would see in European countries. But what really caught my attention was that one of them was a leprechaun. For some reason this unnerved me a bit especially as I caught a glimpse of his face. The kind of face that takes one's breath away for a split second, the kind of face of a person you wouldn't dare want to get caught staring at. It occurred to me in an instant that I'd seen him or another one in a photograph I'd taken near a large overhang and cave a few weeks back. I'd inadvertently taken a photograph of a fairy that photobombed one of the dozen or so shots I'd taken of this beautiful but creepy rock cliff with a cave and overhang fit for habitation of a caveman and family. Since discovering a small fairy flying vertically up the side of the cliff, I was scanning each photo more closely for more paranormal captures. It was then that I discovered a nearly transparent leprechaun-looking elf seated upon a rock ledge tucked back under the shadow of the rocky outcropping over it. Barely visible but distinctly your average frosty Lucky Charms type except for his face. The face was like that of weathered stone, chiseled and ancient, not old and fragile, but strong and seen many hundreds of years. After the newness wore off from the fairy photo I went back through photos to locate the leprechaun once again. Much to my dismay I wasn't able to find it leading me to question myself if I really saw it. Until now I'd longed to see it again and here it was in my home, in the kitchen. The two smaller gnomes appeared to be female and were standing on the left-hand side of the stove while the leprechaun stood alone on the right-hand side. I just couldn't believe what I was witnessing what was unfolding before my eyes as I stared intently to feed my pupils with as much of their reflected light as possible making a lasting impression, branding with cones and rods his image to remember for later should I decide to sketch, draw or paint his or their images in my journal. Just bewildered and struck with this otherworldly cognitive dissonance at what I was seeing, the situation that was unfolding now in my own home, taking it all in. See Tinkerbell yet? Look up and to write a bit. It was about this point that I noticed the leprechaun looked up in my direction while he was talking or communicating with the two gnomes one of them seemed females who seemed more interested in the vegetable soup and distracted to notice I was sitting there watching them. But he was keeping an eye on me even though not looking directly, I could feel it. He then confirmed this as he kind of did this slow motion double take catching me staring at him. 
Now busted, I was looking eye to eye taking in his physical features forever searing my mind's eye with his thick red curly hair, like rusted steel wool, wrinkles while few gave away the fact this guy had been around the block more than a few times. In what seemed to be an eternity that moment where one is caught staring at another by an unexpected move that leaves a feeling of embarrassment and speechlessness while trying to look away naturally. Notice that to shift my gaze from him was almost in a restricted slow motion, like trying to move during sleep paralysis. With this much eye-to-eye -eye contact, I got my feel from his countenance, facial expression, and demeanor that this was an ancient being, highly intelligent, and likely a master trickster. Dressed in the usual green jacket and pants hat with red stockings and green hat and that red hair and I can never forget his face as it looked ancient from another time long ago. It was about this time or point in the experience where reality of normal life began to melt, a surge of heat a wave of concern at what I was doing sitting there staring at an interdimensional being of mythic portions while a voice in my head like my own thoughts or self-talk asking me to take a picture that it would last longer in a sarcastic tone, jolted me back to the moment. I felt like he was communicating to me through my mind and thoughts, mind speak or so it's called something that I'd learned later was typical means of communication with these beings like this. When I'd first had encounters with elementals, with salamanders, 2.5 to 3.0 feet lizard-like beings, or bipedal dragon-faced lizard people, an ordeal that lasted nearly a month of nightly gatherings in my living room where they would emerge from the two front bay windows and step onto a small hardwood furniture between two arm chairs and hoover, and or walk around filling my head full of knowledge on topics relating to the answers they gave to my many inquiries. Later in the forest I discovered that the Yungwit Sunday, Cherokee little people, they would use hand and arm gestures to interface with their human stooge until he, I, began to pick up on the mind speak then suddenly I had the feeling that I was busted and entangled in some surreal elf space consciousness that left me feeling somewhat guilty of violating some unknown offense or crime of which I knew nothing of yet innately that I had somehow violated their privacy by staring and watching them unannounced, an interdimensional voyeur or cosmic peeping tom. As I was about to look away my eyes were drawn to him as he began to reach in his pocket and was pulling something out the energy was there that said he ain't gonna pull out a pot of gold, that it would be a trick of some sort. Still watching in disbelief as he pulled something out not taking his eye off of me, he had something in his hand now and as in one smooth fluid motion his hand opened up horizontally oriented, palm up and pointed at me with a smile that is indicative of someone up to something along the lines of a practical joke. Recall thinking to myself what in the world is he doing? Then my question was answered as his right hand in one fluid swift motion of slicing or sliding one hand over the other palms facing each other horizontally oriented. Like a ninja suddenly hurling a ninja star at an opponent, in that slicing motion launched an object that flung forth from the stationary hand an object, something I'd never seen before and still not sure what it was even to this day. However I was able to see it and its trajectory as it came towards me in what seemed slow motion, undulating like motion like a long centipede using its hundreds of legs on each side of its rod-like body in unison undulating in wave-like motions barely visible and definitely see-through seemingly aimed at my head or brow area just stopped and hoovered there a foot or so from my face. Clearly it was a translucent rod-shaped cylinder a bit thicker than a pencil and had filaments that that ran along both sides of this thing. These tiny filaments, legs, wings or antenna moved in wave-like motions along each side of the body of this object. I recall almost grinning at the thought that I'd somehow stopped his assault with my mind. Nice try there buddy I thought, unable to contain my exhilaration of countering a move of a formidable foe, a worthy opponent in battle that may lead to an overall victory. Lesson number one, never drift into thought streams or loose mindfulness or standing in presence when embroiled in such a tense moment. 
In my hubris I let my guard down, sensing this he suddenly waves at me taking my attention off the nearly invisible brain penetrating dart hoovering dangerously close to my forehead, I took my eyes or eye off of it for a split second to catch a glimpse at what he was doing now only to realize too late what I'd just done and that was to lose sight of it, it wasn't there hoovering in my face as if was held back by my awareness it was surely embedded in my head somehow as my noggin was its intended destination. They all disappeared afterwards and recall his smirk that smile he gave me as he just disappeared into the ethers, the particleization before my eyes into nothing but my kitchen countertops in view and the stove with two pots now visible minus the presence of the little people I kept asking myself, where is it, where did it go, that rod-like dart, that translucent projectile he flung at me, was it in my head, was my head his intended target? What was that all about? Since then I always make myself known as not to come across as some creepy stalker or VA peering into their business like an invader of privacy. Knowing that they are real and getting this fact across in my own mind has helped me stay consistently respectful as if I were dealing with a person, like the courtesy and respect one would give at the first time meeting a stranger. Even now some two years since that happened I still do not have the answer of why he threw this strange object at me, and what it could have been as far as I can tell it didn't seem to have any effect on me. However each encounter has had this highly intelligent multi-layered calculated design that when realized and fleshed out revealed some great nugget of truth or lesson from the ordeal. Some cases it has taken me a year or more to finally get it and solve the mystery of such encounters with these amazing magical beings. These ordeals so far without exception seem to personally handcrafted and tailored to teach learning lessons. Sometimes I think I must be a card-carrying member of the Slow Learners Club but have always sooner or later been able to connect dots revealing the gold the lesson or wisdom gleaned from this sort of experience. That long-awaited time that finally comes leaving one speechless and capable of saying anything except a oh wow, or damn I got it now wow.